OCD continued to get worse and worse the longer we lived at the barn. And after the first night I saw that shadow at the end of my bed, it really got worse. I mean, up to that point, I think it was more of just like a general mood or a sense that something was off about the house. But once I saw that, it was like like pure horror and trauma, right? Like a possibility that I would never even have considered could be a thing like who would think that you could see something like that just without being on like massive amounts of drugs or something right like so now this thing that is terrifying I have seen it and now I just feel like completely uprooted and like terrified of what what could be reality and like to this day I still don't really understand how I could have seen something like that and still continued living in that house and like living on a day-to-day basis without having like just a complete psychotic break right um but I think probably that's where some of the OCD comes from um you know, I couldn't tell you if there was any real correlation between like when I would see this shadow thing in my room or like when I would just kind of have weird uneasy feelings around the house and my OCD rituals. But to me, it felt like, oh, if I do these rituals, if I complete these habits and, you know, do these things in this order or whatever, I'm somehow protecting myself from this presence that is here you know, like, like I say, I have no idea if there really was any correlation, but in my mind, I wanted to see some kind of correlation to, okay, if I do these things, this will get better. Or, you know, say if I had done something on a specific day, you know, maybe I, I don't know, I ate my food in a certain pattern, like vegetables first, and then the chicken, and then, you know, starches, whatever, and I didn't see the shadow that night, well, then that was my new OCD ritual for the foreseeable future until, you know, I saw that it didn't work. Like, if I saw that shadow again on a day that I had still done that ritual, well, okay, that doesn't work anymore. And my mind would just latch on to whatever patterns I could find to try to protect myself, you know, in hindsight and of course, based on the many years of therapy I've now had, I think the OCD rituals were just a way for me to feel like I had some kind of control over what was happening in my life at that time. I was just a kid, you know, I had no sway over my own life. I'd been moved to a new place and as I perceived it, I was almost like under attack from this thing from maybe even the barn itself. I don't know. That's definitely what it felt like some days. Um, you know, obviously couldn't move out on my own 
or do anything like that. So I think I fabricated this trauma-based and trauma-responsive set of rules to at least give me the illusion that I could somehow exert control over my surroundings. And I really think that's that's how I made it through mentally. Um, but it certainly led to some, let's call it interesting behaviors. I, you know, got to a point where I would trace the the shape and the diagram on my necklace at least 100 times a day had to be at least 100 and if I was feeling especially anxious I would do it more but I always had to end on an even number in some increment of 10 so like you know 120 even better if I could get to half of 100 like 150 um but yeah I also had to, or you know, I felt like I had to only walk on the black tiles in our kitchen. Our kitchen had this black and white tile floor, and for whatever reason, I made the connection in my mind that if I only walked on the black tiles, I would see the shadow less. So I did that for a while. I just ended up with all of these really time-consuming and painstaking rituals that I prioritized above everything else and I put all my energy into it in the hopes of maybe not being terrorized in my bed each night and in a way maybe that did work in the sense that you know if not because these rituals were actually serving some kind of magical purpose then just because I was putting so much energy into them that I was quite literally just exhausted every night. And so it did become a little bit easier for me to sleep sometimes. Sometimes I wouldn't see it for a few weeks. But even during those times, it was like the amount of energy it would need to manifest or, you know, do whatever into that form. Even if it wasn't showing up in that way, it was like it would instead disperse its energy all over the house or you know it sounds so I don't know like weird hippie-ish just strange talking about this out loud but like smaller things would happen on a more frequent scale around the house instead of just like this to me one big thing that I would see instead it would become like smaller instances of of things happening and like other people in the house would sometimes notice things it was probably about a full year after we had been living at the barn that my parents i think really started to run out of explanations for the things happening around the house there was never any stereotypical ghost activity, you know, there were no chairs stacking themselves on tables or cupboards opening and closing or anything like that, but there were a few things that did catch my parents' attention. Uh, I remember one time Sam and I were watching a movie in the living room and our mom came in from the porch looking kind of frazzled and she pulled my dad into the kitchen and they thought, we were so wrapped up in the movie that we wouldn't be paying attention to them, but I was listening, and I heard her tell him that she had been down in the basement doing laundry, and all of a sudden, the lights went out, and she kind of like called out to see if it was one of us playing a prank on her, and of course it wasn't, and she 
heard these really slow, dragging footsteps coming from that big concrete room off the laundry room. And to this day, I remember her whispering to my dad in the kitchen. And she was like, I'm telling you, there was something down there. It wasn't a sound like shoes or anything like that. It was almost like someone was dragging really big bare feet across the cement. Like that kind of slow sound of like if you're just to drag like the top of your foot across like a flat surface but like it lasted so long that it just sounded like not really normal in any way she said she got so scared that she had actually run the opposite way through the basement through the maze of kind of rooms that was off the laundry room and she ran out the other exterior door all the way at the other end of the basement and had actually come up around the side of the house and let herself in through the the screened-in porch and came back in the house that way. And I think for her, that's when she really like realized, oh, something's not normal here. After that, I feel like my mom did start looking at me in my OCD a little bit differently. It was almost like she understood it in a way after that, like she was less confused about why her daughter had suddenly developed this completely different personality and these strange habits that I had never exhibited before. I think that behavior change in me combined with whatever she experienced in the basement, something clicked for her and it was like, oh, these two really strange things that coincidentally happen around the same time, oh, they're not really a coincidence, right? Like, they're somehow tied together. And, you know, for lack of a better explanation, I think she just started to understand that, like, living in this house with whatever presence was there was really what was contributing to my OCD. She had always kind of questioned me about it when I first started exhibiting these behaviors and would ask, you know, why I'm doing this and can I just stop and things like that. Um, But after the thing in the basement, she really didn't ask me about it so much anymore. And then my dad actually had an experience that he didn't tell me about for years. Um, So like on our property, kind of off of where that screened in porch was, We had a pretty big yard, right? And so, like, all the way down at the bottom of the yard, there was this old shed. And it was probably, like, if you're just walking at a normal pace, it was probably a good five-minute walk from the porch. And we used to keep things like, you know, gardening tools and the riding mower and stuff like that in this shed. So one day, I guess, he had just gotten done mowing and, you know, he put the mower in the shed and was walking back up to the house and as he left the shed and shut the door behind him he is looking up at the house and he sees my mom standing on the porch looking through the screening and he like waved at her and she kind of raised her hand and he described it as like just moving it at him like 
she was a doll or something that had never experienced movement in her joints before. And I guess it just looked really strange and kind of false somehow. And he said this super wide, creepy smile like spread across her face. And when he's telling me this years later, he was like, you know, it was weird because I was a good distance away from the house, but I clearly saw like all her teeth. So it would have had to have been like a really wide smile for me to see it from that far away. And, you know, I guess, you know, in the moment he's like, oh, something's weird. This is something's really strange about this situation. And he's seeing this and his gut is kind of reacting and telling him like, this isn't quite right. And he then hears the front door of the house open and my mom walks around the side of the building with some food scraps she was taking to the composting bin. And he said every single hair on the back of his neck stood straight out. And he looked back over at the porch and nothing was there. And he said he ran up to the house and grabbed my mom and us kids. And I guess they took us over to the neighbor's house for dinner that night. Um, yeah, we, I definitely remember eating at the neighbor's house quite a lot when we were living at the barn. I just, you know, I never questioned it. I was happy for any reason to go over there and play with the other kids my age. But I, I guess that kind of experience and just the general atmosphere of the house had had a lot to do with it but they they had definitely started catching on to like something is not normal here next time on the barn after talking with the producers here this afternoon i've decided that Today is going to be the last day that I talk about this on the show. Thank you for listening to the audio podcast miniseries, The Barn. This podcast was conceptualized, written, recorded, and edited by Kayla Durstein. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. It really does mean so much to me. Thank you.